0: On today's episode of Survival Dispatch News, we're discussing EMP preparations before a SHTF event.
1: Hey guys, today's video is sponsored by Off Grid Cybersecurity Products. Now, Off Grid didn't pay us to feature their products today, but they did send us some really cool products that I'd like to tell you about. This is the Off Grid Faraday Backpack. Now Faraday is a shielding technology. It has lots of great features. It's got multiple compartments. As you can see, this is a really cool backpack. It's got hidden pockets. It's large enough for a couple days worth of clothes and personal items. Here I've got the Faraday duffel bag. It's got the same Faraday technology, multi-layer shielding technology. It's super tough. When you get a chance to feel this material, you're gonna feel like, you're gonna feel what I feel, and it feels good. There's room for lots of clothes and lots of equipment in this bag. Right here, I've got the off-grid switch wallet. That's what you're looking at on the screen here. This is also a high-security phone case that you can put, um, put into stealth mode by cutting off all cell, Bluetooth, GPS, and Wi-Fi signals just by slipping your phone into this pocket. Check out all the great off-grid products in the link we provided, and thanks for watching. And we're back.
0: Today we're joined by Nick from It's Just Sharp in Utah, and Tyler from t Survival, also in Utah. Uh, welcome back, guys. What's going on? <laughs> it sounded like everybody's on mute there. So today we're going to discuss uh, (laughs) EMPs and how we prepare for them because there's no warning. You don't see it coming. You don't hear it coming. And so I want to start at the most basic of levels. And again, I'm not necessarily a subject matter expert on EMPs, but I I do have a handle on the basics. So there's a lot of contradictory uh, information out there as to whether or not something would or would not survive an EMP. And just to be clear, whether something is EMP protected or not, if something's plugged into the grid, plugged into a receptacle, it has continuity with the grid, and we get hit with an EMP, everything plugged in is done. So at the most basic level, if you're gonna be prepared for an EMP, your stuff can't be plugged into the grid. So uh, Tyler and Nick have much more experience with the the technical aspects of this. So Tyler, uh, give me your thoughts just to, for, you know, viewers are for the first time are really considering what they need to do as far as being prepared for an EMP.
2: I think it once you understand what it is, how it works and the nature of it, then it's easier to understand how to prevent against it. And EMPs are a rainstorm of electrons and the reason that matters is because all of that electrical activity has to flow somewhere. And I'm outside – I'm in my vehicle right now, but I'm outside right now, and I'm looking at uh, uh, cell phone towers and power lines, and inevitably, they are basically like giant antennas. And if if all the electrons in the atmosphere get sheared off from a uh, high-altitude burst or of some sort of nuke or something – then they're going to gather on those wires and they're going to follow them until they find ground. Now, if that ground is your outlet where your computer's at, that's like a lightning bolt coming through your computer. If that ground uh, uh, pathway goes through the computers in your uh, vehicle, that vehicle is going to get fried. My phone I'm holding right here there's there's nothing to prevent the rain of electrons from from taking all the data on the phone and just erasing it to zero. It doesn't necessarily melt things. What ends, what ends up happening is it erases the data in most instances. Um, if you're really close to the EMP, the the electric the electricity can actually flash weld a starter or a wire coil or something like that. Sorry, I'm cough this morning. But the the bigger, wider problem is all of the data, all of the information, all of the memory, all of the RAM on the computers, on the cell phones, on the watches, they all get set to zero. If your 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 BIOS and your memory and your chipset and everything is zero, it's a dumb box now. It's it's unusable. And if you don't have another tool to program your chipset, to work with the motherboard, to see the C drive, to read your windows. It's done. It's all erased. It's all destroyed.
0: I'd so, add. I'd add one point.
2: Imagine. To that,
0: I'd add one point to that Tyler. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big thing is with uh, logic boards is that they have diodes that control what the resistance is, and an EMP will burst those diodes. You know, they're they're fragile and they're intended to do so, so that if a surge comes through, you know, that's it's it's a weakest link is what I'm getting at as far as maintaining. Uh, electronic devices So sorry, go ahead
2: Yeah, exactly And I I think if you look at it Really in two ways A rainstorm of electrons That you need to protect in the same way You would protect an explosion, right uh, Maybe a bulletproof vest stops some bullets But it's not going to stop a hand grenade But a suit might stop a hand grenade But it's not going to stop a stick of dynamite But a wall might stop, stop a stick of dynamite But it's not going to stop a missile EMPs are the same way the bigger they are, the more destruction is going to happen from them. So a small one in a city far away, it might erase your cell phone. That's it. Okay, It might only destroy 35%. A large one above the city, that might just erase everything for 100 miles. Uh, multiple ones super high, that's going to erase huge swaths of stuff. Now, in the military, we talk about secondary and primary, secondary, tertiary orders of effects. Okay, your cell phone doesn't work and you don't have cash and you can't drive, what are you going to do? We have to have answers to those questions. So if you understand the nature of what it's capable of doing, only then can you decide the right steps to take to stop it from doing whatever it does. Your banking information is gone. Your account balance is gone. um, Your car doesn't work. Now, if you take some steps like did an older car pre-1986 without a computer in it, or 1986-84, depending. Um, My 2005 Sequoia I'm sitting in right now, if I were to get all of the computers in this car, put them inside of Faraday cages, like spares, and I wasn't directly in the path of a large EMP, I I could swap those computers out, and my car should run again. If I'm right next to a large EMP, my starter's melted, everything else is destroyed, and I'm not driving, so when you really understand how that stuff works, then you can start to prepare against it.
0: So before we dive into preparations for the average person, um, you know, with Nick being former Air Force, you being airborne, uh, you all know a lot more with regards to planes than I do. Uh, Dr. Jason Dean on Brave TV um, a couple, few weeks ago asked me what level of protection planes have. And I told him I didn't know because, again, I'm not a subject matter expert. Nick, could you maybe address that question, and then we'll get into prepping for the average person.
3: Sure. Um, so I, I'm not necessarily a complete sub dramatic expert on this, on that main structure force, but um, I watched the same video and just some of the basic background I have from a couple different platforms um, is that when the FAA and the regulations came out, is that they were really looking at the potential for a lightning strike mid uh, flight. And what they came to was this idea we have to be able to transfer the force around. So it's much like if something hits you in the rib cage, it has to be able to distribute that force around the body to protect the vital organs on the inside. Um, So if we think about it from that aspect... Aircraft, the way they're naturally designed is the skin is molded to a superstructure. Um, And with that superstructure being mostly metal, um, it actually has a very similar uh, process of as that force comes in, it's able to be transferred around the aircraft itself and then is pushed away. Um, It's not a 100% perfect seal, all of that information. but um, And that, again, depends on the aircraft from what I've dealt with. Uh, But for the most part, the same idea is that most aircraft, because of their superstructure type, do sometimes act like Faraday cages and that they can help distribute that energy around whatever's inside.
0: So uh, probably safe to say that they're EMP protected as opposed to being immune to EMPs, correct?
3: Yeah, I would say that they have some level of... uh, I don't necessarily know if resistance is the right word, but they have some level of protection to them that will afford you some benefit the same way as sticking a phone inside of a Faraday bag. Uh, right. Whatever you're putting inside of it is able to distribute some of that force away from whatever's inside.
0: Okay, so speaking I think of, there's a... I just Let me just speak briefly to Faraday bags, Tyler, and then I I want you to pick up where I leave off on this. So like for an average person to be prepared, Um, You have to have some sort of protection, whether it's a Faraday bag, a Faraday cage, you know, or something even more extensive than that. And, you know, we get sent a ton of products from a ton of different vendors to test. Uh, Most of them don't make it onto the channel. We have to really believe in something. Um, I have a a backpack at my feet here from Off Grid, and we're not ready to do a review on it because we have not put it through its complete paces just yet. But the interesting thing about this bag and off-grid's claim to fame is, is all about EMP protection and Faraday's. Each of the pockets in this bag, when you open them up, they have a second enclosure, as this one says, tablets. And when you open it up, it's a Faraday bag, just like a small individual Faraday bag that you would see. So it occurred to me That all this electronic stuff I have, like ham radios and whatnot, wasn't doing a lick of good sitting on my desk plugged into the grid and that would take a hit. So I keep keeping all that stuff in this bag. I have tested the bag from the perspective, and Tyler's going to really expand on this, of taking radios, tuning them into something like the NOAA, putting the volume on high and dropping them into one of those Faraday pockets and closing it, and the sound stops. So there's no connection to the outside world. Uh, Tyler is going to expand on that with other devices as well. Uh, a common thing is to use ammo cans. So that segues into your part here, uh, Tyler. Ammo cans, great way uh, to build a little Faraday cage. Uh, talk a little bit more about that.
2: So let me hit a couple things real quick too. We were talking about lightnings with planes. Some light, some planes can handle lightning and EMPs just like explosions have sizes, little ones, medium ones, big ones, super big ones. So the the plane's ability to handle X amount of amps or voltage through its skin without melting or allowing, allowing it to go through is its level of resistance. There is a certain point where, I don't know the number, but I'm going to make this up, two or three simultaneous lightning strikes can erase the memory and knock the plane out of the sky, but maybe one can't. EMPs in the same way. And so are our cell phones, right? Cell phones use electromagnetic uh, information to communicate. They are just a software-defined radio with a coil antenna in them. That's all your phone is. It's talking on multiple frequencies, sending multiple messages to make it connect to different panels on the cell phone tower while talking to your Wi-Fi. It's doing a bunch of stuff all at the same time. (laughs) And if you create a bubble that the RF radiation goes around your cell phone, Not only will it not affect your phone, but your phone can't send a message out to the tower because it's contained within that Faraday cage. So a Faraday cage is like a bubble that RF radiation, electricity, electromagnetism cannot penetrate with this one uh, caveat, right? If it gets powerful enough, it will still penetrate. A good example is if I'm wearing rubber gloves and I'm messing with an electrical wire in my house, I should be okay. Those same rubber gloves aren't going to be enough resistance to stop my arm from getting blasted off if I try to go mess with the tower uh, at the top of a uh, of, of, of this uh, power pole right here.
1: Yeah, These are the a, same way.
2: Appearance. They're good. Yeah, they're good to a certain extent, but after that certain extent, they could be overpowered. So <laughs> those backpacks work good for a distance. They're, they're okay, but I, I would I would say any small 30 bag is more like a, a, a vest in that it's good for pistol rounds, not ne- necessarily for rifle or 50-cal. you got to get something a little more powerful to handle the big stuff. So it's all the point of diminishing returns. I don't want to walk around with an actual you know chain-link fence Faraday cage around my body to protect my electronics, but... Maybe I do that to one room in my basement, and maybe I, I hope that I'm not directly underneath the nuke when it it dumps me because a, a Faraday bag probably won't work. But if I'm 25 miles away, it might work. It depends on how much blast is getting hit. So the, the key here, though, is it's better than nothing, and it's substantially better than most. So I think as long as you're at least doing a Faraday cage, you're you're in the upper 1% of anyone who's ever doing anything because most people don't even think about this and most people are going to get erased when it happens.
0: So you've taken ammo cans and converted them to Faraday cages. Can you explain uh, the steps that you took and how did you test that it was going to be effective?
2: So the the thing about a Faraday, a Faraday cage is it is a metal bubble. An ammo can is a metal bubble with a lid on it that has plastic that stops it. All you have to do to make that work is connect the metal between the lid and the bottom. There's a lot of ways to do that. The way I like to do it is to pull out the, me- the plastic seal, get a disc sander, take that really like bomber paint off of it in a circle, both on the lid and on the case, and then close it and make sure it connects. Now, you don't know if it's electrically connected. The way that you can test that is I have an old Android phone that I'll drop in there and I'll do a video call. And if my phone can Android phone the other phone and connect, then it, it, it doesn't work. If you can't call uh, your phone that's inside of the Verde, Verde bag, it's working. And if you can call it, it's not working. So... That's the way you do it. The, the, the only really good way to test it is to drop a radio in it and try to talk to the radio, drop a phone in it and try to talk to the phone in it. Now, you are testing to the DV level of the output of the phone, which is like five watts. So it's a good way to check it, but you need to understand, just like a body armor, it only works to a certain size bullets. And the thicker, heavier gauge, the metal, and the more it's actually grounded to the ground – the better you're going to have a Faraday cover, but something is better than nothing.
0: So essentially, you know, a Faraday bag, which is a soft, you know, product is kind of like the 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 entry level to protecting it. And then the next level up would be something like a Faraday cage built from an ammo can. Um, and it's not, both those things are readily uh, doable for your average person. And, again, I know that you've converted ammo cans, so, but i got a challenge here because, you know, obviously we're, we have a weekly episode of Survival Dispatch News. Uh, Nick, I think you said you have some ammo cans on hand. Uh, would it be possible uh, maybe for you to to record the process of converting that into an EMP cage, and then the next time we get together on this topic, you could show it off, and Tyler could show off some of the ones that he's made, And uh, I should probably do the same thing myself, but is is that something you could do?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sure, I'd be willing to give that a shot. Uh, I think I've got that one still hanging around here someplace. Um, But yeah, I'll uh, see if I can get in there. I'll just follow the instructions you gave me. I'll take that seal out of it, maybe take a little bit of sandpaper to it and uh, see if we can record some of the results, see what happens. So
2: I used an actual flat grinder, which is intense because sandpaper is going to take you a week to get that paint off. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, Wait. I think I've got a wig.
0: <laughs> so, Tyler, my next question is, is, what's the next level up? Like, where where do you go from an ammo can to something that's, uh, you know, a little bit more robust and maybe has a little more capacity?
2: That's where you do a deep dive in science. I think if you're going to go above uh, a Faraday bag that's purchased, which is really so one of the reasons that law enforcement will use these Faraday bags is because you can remotely disable phones. So they'll put them in the Faraday bag so that it just kind of makes it disappear from the network. And I don't want to get too deep into that, but it's not that high level, uh, EMP level protection. It's, it's close and it works at a distance, but it's not like center of, uh, of gravity type of protection. The 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 ammo can's decent too, and the cool thing about an ammo can can is it's big enough that I can put a base station for a ham radio, HF radio, and a bunch of other things inside of it. Um, one mistake people make is they want to run an electrical line inside of their Faraday cage and charge things while it's charging. Okay, that, it doesn't work that way. You are gonna you're gonna nuke your. You, you, you need to use your imagination and see the web of electri- of electrical wires inside of your house. Like a giant net that's going to catch everything and funnel it to whatever's plugged into your computer and just destroy it. There's a difference between EMP and surge protection.
0: I I see a lot of people, uh, you know, recommend utilizing metal trash cans. So in that case, Tyler, I'm assuming that you have to have something in place that gives the lid some compression onto the base. You don't have any air gaps where the electricity could traverse.
2: Well, it's not necessarily air gap as it is um, resistance, right? So, the lightning bolt is going to follow resistance. If there's a copper wire from the top of your house all the way to the ground, guaranteed that's what's going to hit. That's why if you look on the outside of your house, there is a copper wire drilled into the ground that's connected to your uh, main line. And if you follow it further, that's connected to all of the neutral lines in your house. And some people even have it connected at the top. And all that is is a pathway for any shorting, any failure, any electrical no-nos to go to the ground. So if you have a a can and it's loose, may get some level of resistance but not necessarily a lot. The other thing, too, is what your metal can made out of, right? Because some metals are more conductive than other metals. So a can would probably work if the lid's on snug and there's no uh, plastic coating or no coating that is going to resist electrical transfer. So you you need to make sure that it electrically flows and that's really hard to test. Yeah, it would probably work just fine if you tested it through, throw a ham radio in there, turn it on, put your ham radio on it and try to talk to it. If you can talk to it, it's not working. If you so can't talk a- to it, it is working.
0: What about layering your your protection and putting say your ham radio in a Faraday bag sticking that inside an ammo can or a trash can and sealing that it, is, would that give us a little bit more protection against say a larger EMP?
2: It should, but it's also getting kind of crazy because you still want to use your kit, right? So you got to think about what really needs to go into a Faraday cage that you're not going to touch on a regular basis. I would say some cheap rate ham radios, maybe a solar Set of solar panels, some sort of inverter, charger, charge controller, a way to recharge those batteries, couple couple uh, ham radios, old cell phones with pictures and that type of thing on them. Um, computers for a vehicle, those get kind of expensive, but your vehicle's gone, you're kind of screwed as well. And then um, <laughs> just whatever devices, maybe an old hard drive with all your family pictures on it, those type of things. Um, you asked, what's the next level up? You can actually Faraday cage the inside of like a a panic room. And all that you're going to do is you're going to have it. One way to do that would be uh, put chain link fencing on the floor, the walls and everything and surround it. Um, There's ways to do it. If you have basically a chain link cage inside of a room and it's all connected, that's gonna work like a Faraday cage. If you're worried about it, it being connected, just get a little chunk of wire and a hot solder it between your joints, and that's your that's your connection. So you need to you need to think of a Faraday cage like a net, a metal net bubble that isn't penetrated, where electricity can hit and go around the things on the inside. You also need to insulate from the ground. So if you do make, I don't know, a, a dog kennel with uh chain link fence that's a, a square inside of a house you got to put some rubber mats or something on the floor so that when the electricity does go around it it's not going to then zap your kit that's touching the floor because it grounds itself to the vertical cage itself lastly in a perfect scenario at least one you know of those big copper grounding stakes right into the ground push it through your cement whatever you got to do that's that's getting upper level. Anything above that is going to be professionally constructed, Faraday cage, purpose-built by a company that, I mean, that's your best answer. And I know a lot of um, Intel places will try to Faraday cage places. Like, I assume Facebook has Faraday cages around their servers or other places like that because lightning bolt will knock out an entire Cray computer if your room isn't Faraday cage sealed off. So there, there's... Ways to protect it, but we're getting into stupid amounts of money, crazy amounts of planning. And you really need to sit back and say, what do I really need? Communication, computers, my vehicle to function. So at a minimum level, a couple of ham radios, solar panels, charge controllers, computers for your car, uh, hard drives, those kind of things. That's kind of where I would go on something like that.
0: That That's a great list, Tyler. I uh, really appreciate that. So we're going to wrap up uh, today's episode, but we're going to come back to this topic uh, more than once. Uh, appreciate y'all joining us today. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Tyler. Uh, hope you all have a great day out there in Utah. And for our viewers, uh, if you could help us a little bit with the algorithm and like this video and subscribe to our channel, enable notifications, uh, share it, comment, all that stuff helps very much. And we appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to Survival Dispatch.
2: Go go subscribe to Rumble.
0: Yes, and please subscribe (laughs) to our Rumble channel, which is rumble.com slash C slash Survival Dispatch. There'll be a link down below uh, for you to get there easily as well. Thank you, Tyler.